Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and the screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello and welcome to the 88th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. I'm uh, recording this after finding out about Bill Paxson's passing. Uh, man, that that's a tough loss right there. And while it doesn't really tie into Jurassic fandom, I am glad that we had the chance to talk about his awesome work in Twister last week. And yeah, it's a strange coincidence for sure, uh, but I'm glad Jack Ewins and I had the chance to talk about how the film kind of ties into Jurassic canon a little bit. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll all miss you a lot, Bill. But anyway, in this episode, there is a bunch of news to cover. I've got a great Jurassic Mailbag segment with Jennifer Tarek, where we take a look at some of the recent emails and voicemails we've received. We also have a bunch of audio for you to listen to in our audio segment, so stay tuned to hear from Daisy Ridley, Josh Gad, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Colin Trevorrow, J.J. Abrams, Ian Malcolm, Gray Mitchell, and more. Now, I just wanted to take a second to talk about spoilers here. Since the filming has commenced on the sequel to Jurassic World, we're going to do our absolute best to keep all discussions and news spoiler-free. Now, if there is anything remotely spoilery uh, you know, in our uh, discussion segments or the news, we'll make sure to tag them before the segment, or we'll just edit them out entirely. Um, as for the news itself... I know a lot of people do want to hear spoilers, so what we've decided to do is keep the spoilers until the very end of the show, uh, after the outro. After you hear that T-Rex roar at the end, you'll know you're kind of entering spoiler territory. Uh, from there on out, you'll get any big spoilers uh, in the event that there are any to discuss. Um, but as for our current news segment in the beginning... If it's officially released information from Universal, we'll keep that. We'll include it in, in the uh, news segment with a slight spoiler warning for anybody who wants to just stay clean, uh, giving you the option to kind of skip ahead a few seconds if you want to. Hopefully that kind of clears things up as much as possible for the upcoming shows during Jurassic World 2's production. Also, if you are an Indiana Jones fan, me and Jack Ewins teamed up for a commentary of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in black and white. Now, you can find that commentary via Jack's YouTube page, and I'll, I'll post it on our website. Um, I'll make sure to include that in our show notes for anybody who is interested. It is a polarizing film, so I think you'll enjoy what we have to say on it. Don't forget we have a special promo code available to listeners of the podcast to use for Jurassic World The Exhibition. Head to fi.edu or call the museum at 215-448-1200 to purchase tickets and use the code JWGENER to get $5 off daytime adult admission tickets for Jurassic World The Exhibition. Now this is limited to four tickets per person. It does include general admission to the Franklin Institute, but it cannot be combined with any other offer or discount. 
Upgrades are available on-site for the IMAX and 3D theaters. It is redeemable online, over the phone, or at the ticketing desk. Processing fees do apply when ordering your tickets in advance. Now, this does exclude holidays, but it is valid through 4-19-17. Again, the promo code is J-W-G-E-N-E-R. Use it and let us know when you do. All right, well, why don't we get things started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. All right, no spoilers here today. I know I set you up for it earlier, but the sequel to Jurassic World has started filming in Slough. Slough, I guess, uh, out in the UK. It's been a fun couple of days waiting for something to come out, seeing the fans drive out to the complex in herds, and uh, watching photos of a nondescript warehouse flow across Twitter. So far, there has been no real acknowledgement from the studio about the start of shooting, aside from Bryce Dallas Howard snapping a picture of the director-style chair with the character name Claire on the backrest. Now, it's the, it's the little things like that that get us fans excited for sure. Um, it's photos like this that make us all look for any kind of hidden detail, you know, all around the edge of the frame or anywhere, break down where those lighting rigs are, and uh, what could possibly be behind those false walls. Now, if you want to see that behind-the-scenes picture from Bryce, head to our show notes. Well, folks, it looks like the first three Jurassic Park films are back on Netflix starting March 1st. There was a short-lived stint on Netflix a few months back, so let's hope it sticks around for a little while longer this time. It will certainly be great to have them back, available anytime for us to watch. Make sure to let Netflix know every time you're watching them so they can see the interest. The IFMCA Awards were on February 23rd, and the International Film Music Critics Association awarded two awards Jurassic fans should be proud of. First off, Michael Giacchino, composer for Jurassic World and the upcoming sequel, won Composer of the Year. Now, this is his second win in a row for that category, but this year he won for his work in Zootopia, Doctor Strange, Star Trek, and Rogue One. So congratulations to Mr. Giacchino on another great victory in a, in a line of endless victories for you and hopefully many more to come. But next up and more aptly focused is uh, La La Land Records and Mike Mattesino won the award for best new archival release compilation for the John Williams Jurassic Park collection. Uh, rightfully so, obviously. I know a lot of you purchased the amazing set from La La Land Records and uh, hopefully you caught our interview in episode 77 where Mike Mattesino talked all about the creation of that album. I am so happy to hear that they won for that compilation. It was certainly an enlightening album for the fans and obviously film music critics alike. Congrats to La La Land Records and Mr. Mattesino. This week, we have two Jurassic birthdays to celebrate. This Thursday, March 2nd, is Bryce Dallas Howard's birthday. Maybe she'll be spending her day filming the sequel film. Probably a lame birthday for her since she'll be working. But maybe we'll see a sneak peek from the film. Who knows? Uh, make sure to reach out to her on social media and wish her a happy birthday. Next up, we have Taylor Nichols, the infamous Mark Degler from Jurassic Park 3. Uh, his birthday is this Friday, March 3rd. Even though he stole Ellie from Grant, let's reach out and wish Taylor a happy birthday. 
Oh, there it is. There it is. The closest you will ever come to living dinosaurs. Jurassic World, the exhibition. Now open at the Franklin Institute. Based on one of the biggest blockbusters in cinema history. Don't miss this awe-inspiring event for the whole family. Only at the Franklin Institute. For tickets, visit fi.edu. And remember, if something chases you, run! I'm not a computer nerd. I prefer to be called a hacker. Aren't you supposed to be a genius or something? I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendry. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? So this week we're back again with some listener feedback, and uh, I, I felt like uh, giving you guys a treat. So today I'm bringing in Jennifer Tarek to kind of go through this feedback with me, and uh, it's basically just a list of emails, and uh, there's some, a voicemail here and some other stuff that uh, we've kind of had sitting in the in the mailbox for for a while now. Um, I've been trying to get to these these listener you know feedback um, episodes for a while. But we've just had so many, so many guests and so many people wanting to come on the podcast that I had to put it off for a little while. So some of these have been sitting around for a while. Uh, I'm sorry about that, but um, let's bring in Jen. How you doing, Jen? Are you uh, excited to get into these emails with me? I love feedback. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love feedback. I love yes. hearing people's thoughts and opinions and seeing what you're doing good and what you're not and what they like. And feedback yeah. is good. And you know, I I, uh, I kind of I didn't even like it's there's questions and and comments and different stuff, so I didn't really screen these too much. I just kind of, you know, saw I got some emails, so you know, let's put them in the show and get into them. Um, so why don't we start here? I'm gonna read off a few emails. Um, this first one is from Cat, and uh, it's an email. Actually, this one was uh, from our website. We have a contact form on our website, so you can kind of just put in your email, your name. Uh, subject and the message and uh, we'll, it'll shoot us an email and we can go ahead and read it like this. So it's from Kat and this is about um, the Jurassic Park Universal comparison she says. Uh, Just a quick comparison of the Universal Studios theme park versions of Jurassic Park based on my opinion during recent visits. Hollywood has the better ride, no doubt. Longer, more stuff. The area uh, corner of the lower lot has better use of the soundtrack. The restaurants, shops, Uh, Encounter and the ride are all in that one specific location that create a sense of space and sound. The encounter is not as good, too much out in the open, no sense of mystery. Um, Orlando has the Discovery Center, hands down amazing, but uh, you better make sure to enter through the grand entrance. The pathways split and it's easy to miss by going back, um, by going in the back. Uh, Inside is classic. Hope they update it with Jurassic World stuff, but until then, it's still really cool. Their raptor encounter is better due to the space and the queue line. Tronodon flyers looks cool, but the height limit kept me off. Uh, A little spread out and rolls out into Potter and into Kong a little too seamlessly for my taste. For me, Hollywood takes it. That being said, you really need to see the Discovery Center in Orlando if you haven't been there. I can't wait to hear your report on Jurassic World The Exhibition. So there we go. That's an email from Kat. Um, and I feel like this this pertains to us quite a bit here, Jen, because 
you go down to these theme parks ever like a few times a year it seems like yeah and uh it's I a love huge how, love. yeah i love how i had no idea where this email was going to go like it could have been about anything and that's amazing it's a surprise because she mentions the parks and we go yeah that's where we're going on this one it's, it's cool yeah so it seems like it's just like comparing the two it's just basically listing off a few things about which one's better um now i i mean i have been to hollywood but uh, not with the jurassic park stuff have you been to the hollywood version I was just there in August last year. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So you, you've, you've, did you, have you been on that ride and seen that area? Yeah. Um, well, you get much wetter on that one. You get mm-hmm. like drenched on the Hollywood one. And in Orlando, you get a light spray. So that's <laughs> a big difference. So, so if you don't know that and you just, you ride the Orlando one and then you go to Hollywood and like, oh, this is going to be fun. No, you get drenched. So prepare for that. But um, <laughs> when she said about restaurants and stuff on the lower lot, relating to Jurassic, there really isn't any. I have to disagree. I mean, the Orlando part, you have the land, you have the Discovery Center, you have you have a restaurant and a couple little snack areas. And But in Hollywood, it's very condensed. You just have the ride, and then they added the Raptor Encounter right next to it, out in the open, as she said. So, I mean, I, the ride argument, oh, I get that. I, it's Hollywood's mm-hmm. maybe a little better. A little bit. Just tiny. Just eh, so close. But Overall, I have to go with Orlando, even though they squished it with Harry Potter and Kong and took out the back gates, which breaks my heart. But I, I got to go. The music overall, the one over the bridge from Harry Potter. I mean, Orlando really wins it for me. The only thing would be the ride system and the, the length. But because how wet you get, I still got to go with Orlando for me. Yeah. Um like I said, I only have the one to go off of. Um, the Discovery Center is really cool, yet dated at the same time. Um, the ride itself, is, you know, I, I just feel like in general, it looks cool. Everything about this this section looks cool, but it does – a lot of the stuff feels dated to me. Um, like the ride itself is just so dated. We've talked about that a lot recently. The Discovery Center, while it looks really cool, going inside, it's definitely dated – so to me, whether it is Hollywood or Orlando, they're, they're, they're similar in aspects. I just feel like it's so dated. And recently you've, you've heard of um, Universal Beijing. It's, it's going to have its own Jurassic area. Um, and a few – this is maybe back in 2011 or even earlier maybe. They talked about um, you know putting in basically what we've already seen from, from Orlando into that park. And I'm like, why would you put something so dated – you know, in there because mm-hmm. it, it's just, it just seems so old at this point. And Universal is doing some really great stuff. So for me, I just want to see something new, updated, because a lot of this just has that 90s feel. And I know that's what Jurassic is. It's very 90s. But, um, well, not now with the new movie. Well, I mean, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. they're updating all around it, but they're completely ignoring Jurassic and encroaching upon it, actually. But, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, definitely. The the encroachment. It's it's very yeah. strange. Like I just don't get. Like that would be a a negative for me is how you can see Hogwarts from everywhere. You can walk straight into Kong, and it just doesn't. I mean, not that I honestly. No, wait. I did. I went there, but it was. Um, they were still building it, but um, it is strange. It's there's no transition into that area, and it does. I mean, you could say it sort of fits in a way, like look wise or whatever and the fact that there are dinosaurs on that ride um but it, it fits yeah, it, I, th- I think it i mean you go to hollywood like she was saying about hollywood you come down the escalators there it, it's 
it, there's no transition. Like the <laughs> yeah. mummy is across from it, and you there the Jurassic gates are, enter the ride. Like you don't enter a land. You go through the gates and you're on the you go on the queue line. There is and the raptor thing is out of the gates because the gates are the queue line. So it's really not even a land. It's just a ride and then the raptor thing next to it. Mm-hmm. There's no land. There's it's not it's it, it, there's no bridge. I mean, the mummy thing is right across Transformers is right around there. And there isn't Orlando has to win, even though it's being encroached upon and getting smaller and outdated. You still kind of feel like you enter a land in Hollywood. There is no land. It's just ride, 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 ride and gates into the queue line like there's nothing. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't like that. But the space is their problem. So I, I see why yeah, of course. they did that. But that's Orlando's better so far. Even no matter how much they make it smaller, I still think it's going to win just because at least you enter a land. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good part about like that park is is uh, it's not so crammed. I mean, yeah, some parts are, but they, they take the time to space everything out. And Jurassic Park, I believe, is – I think it's the biggest area in that uh, that park, so it, it's it's very big and spacious, and there's a lot of room to breathe and to feel like you're a part of that environment. And uh, I really like it, even though it is dated. But um, I guess you know why don't we move on to the uh, the next email here? Oh wait, and, and actually at the end it just said, "Can't wait to hear your report on Jurassic World: The Exhibition." Um, why don't we actually just touch on that really quick? Uh, because a lot of a few people actually wrote in about the exhibition and um i know you know we we met up there at at uh in in uh, philadelphia and uh, that was the first time you went right oh that was cool yeah, so, yeah that was really 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 cool i didn't know what to expect i mean I'm, i like to stay spoiler free on things and mm-hmm. i didn't really watch videos or, or much i just kind of had a vague idea of what it was but uh it was it was awesome i mean <laughs> the, the boat ride the of a virtual boat ride thing in and then i mean we spent like 20 minutes just at the gates and we spent like 20 minutes in each dinosaur at least 20 yeah. minutes <laughs> and that was just fun and i i mean i would have loved it no matter what but going with you guys and that group oh my goodness i mean that's the way to do it that was so much fun you get you yes. can just there's no shame there's no like oh i'm geeking out too much no you can just everyone's geeking out with you and that's so much fun Mm-hmm. That was awesome. That was really, really, really awesome. Yeah, we were all like a bunch of ten-year-olds, like walking around, like pointing and, and you know, just, <laughs> yeah, making noise at every single thing that was in there. It was amazing, and uh, yeah, it definitely needs to be seen in a group like that. I feel like yeah, it's it's cool, you know, to see it on your own or or with your family or whatnot. But to to witness it with people that are like-minded and and feel the same thing about this franchise, it's certainly something you can't beat. Because you know what? If I was there with my family and everything, I'd be like, oh, this is so amazing. I wish so. I wish Brad could see it. I wish these yeah. fans could see it. I wish the fans could see it with me. I wish all my fan friends could, were here to experience it. Because it would be great for you, but you're like, oh, these other people would love it too. But to actually have that moment of, I don't need to wish anyone here because they're here and it's amazing and it's wonderful. I mean, you could get lost in that. It's so fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know... It's it's one of my favorite things recently, and the ability to have that meetup was was the best. And uh, I think that's a that's a really new thing for this community. You know, like Star Wars community has been doing it for a while, having these meetups and get-togethers. 
And uh, I hope this continues, this trend. You know, we're, we're actually in, in close proximity. I mean, you're a few hours away. Uh, a few of the other people are, are in the area. So we're, we're all kind of in this, like, northeast region where we can meet up in the center. And it's not I mean, too we're in bad. The time zone. We're in the same time zone. So that's yeah. awesome enough. Yeah. Um, I loved it, though. And uh, I hope more people get to see it. I know it's doing really well for the uh, museum. But it's February now at the time of this recording. I don't really know when we're, we're probably releasing this in the next few weeks here. Um, but um, it's only got a few few more months, I guess. So it's leaving uh, mid-April, right? Or the end of April. So yeah. do you think, you think you're going to go back at all? My dad really wants to go. He's kind <laughs> of bringing it up. And I mean, Philadelphia is what, five, six hours drive yeah. for us? And he's really wanting to go he's always mentioning it and because there was recently actually last weekend there was a dinosaur exhibit that came to pittsburgh um at our big convention center it was oh, i can't remember what it's called dinosaur something dino, it was something dinosaurs oh, and it yeah did you seen i don't more. know if you a dinosaur alive or something i feel, I feel like yes. i've seen a few of those things around recently it was something like that i mean there was a ton they had like dinosaur mini golf and big dinosaurs and you could ride dinosaurs you could wow. see them and they had the animatronics and <laughs> Like kids can ride them and stuff yeah. like that, but it was mainly it looked like it was aimed towards kids. Like there were blow up dinosaurs. It was it was huge. It took up our entire convention center downtown. So we have two convention centers, and it took up the big one. That like the car show was in this one, so it was a big one. Mm. And and they've been advertising it like crazy on TV and on the radio. And I kind of watched the ads. And I'm like, this is amazing. If I was five years old, because it, it the, the thing is though. The Jurassic World one aims to us, like to adults and kids, to everybody. But um, so my dad keeps seeing ads for that last week, and he's like, "So, uh, how was the Jurassic World one compared to this?" And he's like, "So, um, how long is that there?" And he's kind of hinting at it. So, <laughs> but I'm like, "Oh, you gotta do far, it." Far drive. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Look, it's worth it. We we all went out there in the worst possible time. You know, the weather just didn't cooperate for us. But uh, it really didn't matter, you know, like it was still a blast and everybody had some sort of delay, but uh, we all had a great time no matter what. Yeah, that was awesome. It was like, what, the biggest snow of the year so far? Yeah, it was pretty messed up. Like that was just really bad timing. Like couldn't have predicted that. But why don't we move on here? Uh, This next one comes from Steve Hurl. He's actually been on the podcast quite a few times. And uh, actually, he has his own new segment, uh, Jurassic Pop Quiz with James Hawkins. And uh, he, let's see, here's his question. Things that would bother most people about Jurassic Park. Uh, That's the subject. He says, hey, Brad, just a quick topic question. After reading an article online regarding things that bothered us in Jurassic Park, to be honest, I'm not too bothered by. uh, There was one thing on the list that does play on my mind. Ellie starts saying about the extinct species of plants on the island. How did the scientists create species of plants? Did a herbivore poo on a tree and get covered in amber? It's never explained in the film, but it's a curious thought. Is there anything in the film that that left you with curious thoughts? Always good to hear your pods. Steve, Jurassic Unicast. Um, We've had this discussion before. I know, right? Yeah. I remember that. We, it's funny. It was in one of them podcasts. Yeah. It keeps coming up because it is a good question. I feel I feel like there's a few answers here and there. Um, nothing. Nothing. I I don't know. Nothing that really gets fully explained in the films. I don't think. Um, but I think but, I have um, an answer. Yeah. Well, go ahead. What's your answer? 
Okay. Um, they knew enough about prehistoric plants. Like, they never saw one, and they don't really have the DNA, so to speak, of them plants, but they know what they look like, and they knew enough about genetic manipulation that they could manipulate maybe, like, hy- like our plants that we have now, they can hybrid them. And just, heck, they're doing that now with yeah. plants. And mm-hmm. they can get close. It might not be the exact plant or the exact trait to the plant, but they can make it look like the plant. So just like, hey, just like the dinosaurs. They're not really the dinosaurs, but they can make them look like real dinosaurs because mm-hmm. they filled in the gaps. But same with the plants. They could hybrid them until they look similar. I yeah. think it's that one. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't have the full explanation as to how they did it, but that that's that seems perfectly plausible. Yeah, maybe they weren't the exact one, but it looked similar. But, like, the way I've always seen it is they create these different environments for the the dinosaurs that like specifically where they would come from or something like that, you know, because if you take a look at Isasorna, the island is so vastly different than Nublar. You know, it doesn't look anything like the same at all. Some places do, but others don't. And even between uh, the Lost World and Jurassic Park 3, there's so many differences in that island. And apparently the island is so big that you could basically split it in half and you'd have all these different atmospheres. But when you're in the, you know, where are you? You're in the Costa Rica area, so it's going to be a hot climate. I don't know if you're going to get, like, redwood forests and all that stuff unless you engineer them. You know, there's mm-hmm. that's the only way you're going to get it, probably. So I feel like that's what they're doing is, like you said, engineering what they want uh, to get close enough to kind of resemble the environments of these dinosaurs. But see, then that, that kind of negates Ellie's line about them being dangerous and not mm-hmm. knowing what time period they're in because maybe to her she thinks that they are legit yeah but um so we can go with that like character wise she thinks they are but really they're not they're just similar yeah but the thing is we have to to know that she's a paleobotanist so that's what she does can we well maybe she didn't have time to really examine (laughs) them to understand that they're not real i mean she had what a minute to look at that leaf before the brachiosaurus took over her view and she dropped it you know she looked at it, she identified it as what she knew it to be, but she didn't really... It looks like she knew it to be. So maybe mm-hmm. she just connected the dots of, oh, if it looks like this, then it must be this. But really, it's just a hybrid of regular plants to look like what she thinks it is. Yeah, I, I think that's got to be what it is. I mean, it kind of... Yeah, you, you kind of have to like put it aside almost and just like say, like, you know, maybe she she's mistaken or whatever. But it, it kind of diminishes her character in that sense in a way maybe Um, well again she didn't have time to really examine mm -hmm. it just by looking at it she assumed that's what it was like it it doesn't because she by looking at it she knew what planet what kind of plants they were like prehistoric wise so no i mean she she knew what she knew what it was and she what why shouldn't she believe that they're actually engineered from then even though they're not Mm -hmm. she is not really talked about how she examined them in depth and then she'd probably discover oh they're fake they're just hybrids yeah and i think that's what they've done the entire time is make their own versions of everything whether it's a dinosaur or a plant they've kind of just done it themselves and and actually if you want to look even deeper and uh it's up to you to kind of decide whether it's canon or not but if you want to look at like the outside material um there was the uh, mizrani backdoor website and um you know, Jack Ewens and, and Timothy Glover put together this 
this information, this database of, of information, uh, essentially from like characters throughout the series. And uh, one of them actually I have it here. It's uh, it's like kind of like a log, like an entry uh, about uh, it's Henry Wu. He's kind of like t- it looks like something he would type into a system and kind of keep track, keep notes of what he's doing, like what kind of work he's doing. Um, so let me see here. I have it. Um, it's called uh, this is from Henry Wu. Sorry, I'm stuttering here. It's from 5-21-1997. So this is a little bit after that. So I don't know. Is there any? Maybe I'm missing. I'm not reading everything here, but I see here it says Caracosis utanis. Now I believe this is a type of plant that he's engineered. Um, it says the note is success. Something that I thought was decades away was achieved in a mere four years. The ability to combine multiple species of genetic life into a single environment, a brand new species of life. The International Society of Geneticists are already naming it in my honor. Caracosis wutanis. If only Hammond was well enough to have come and seen this. Looks like I'll have to update my book. So I think that's basically kind of, you know, establishing the fact that they can create life based off of nothing, essentially kind of, uh, you know, create what they want. Now, whether you want to consider this canon or not, you know, everybody kind of takes their own canon and and picks pieces and, you know, things from video games or things from this sort of material um, and kind of decides on their own. So whether you want to believe that or not, it's, it's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you could really go all kinds of ways if you want to bring in those different mm-hmm. pieces of canon. It's totally your, how you put them together. And I, I kind of would, you know, I would consider a lot of this canon, you know, um, because it, it was tie-in material with Jurassic World in a way. So, you know, it is canon if, if you want to look at it. There's nothing that should um, uh, counteract what what you see or you know in the movies or you know on oh that's it just the movies there's nothing else to consider um, <laughs> yeah I know I always think about like you know Star Wars has comics and video games and everything that I know you hate like comparing them but it has all those things that you can mine from and dig from and you can you know read a comic that ties directly into a TV series or you know a scene in a movie so it's it's full of life and and stuff that you can pull from so for us all we have are four movies and you know some outside websites (laughs) that's about it yeah oh man but yeah and he also says is there anything in the film that left you with curious thoughts do you have anything along those lines about the extinct species or or some Mm. the plants like that do you have anything that left you with like Um, what's going on there i don't think i i'm smart enough to even develop something a question because like that's all sciencey and crazy stuff so i don't i just take it for what it is and whatever they tell me i believe so yeah. but like the plant thing we've had that discussion that's probably the only real thing that i i took a moment of wait a minute how'd they do that but we rationalized through it so no i i think i'll just I, i'm kind of gullible with it <laughs> i'm like okay sure that makes total sense it's fine yeah, you know, I, I bring it up a lot, but the only curious thing is, like, um, if the if the Spinosaurus was an attempt at, uh, you know, hybridizing a dinosaur. Is that a word, hybridizing? But It anyway. is now. Yeah, because um, I, I feel like that dinosaur, we know it's, it's not um, like its counterpart, like its real-life counterpart. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, was it an attempt before the Indominus Rex to kind of create something crazier, more, you know, mean and, and nastier, sort of like they were doing bigger, more teeth? Um, because that's what it is. It's it's rage filled. And I feel like it's out of its element in that sense that it shouldn't have been like that. But, the, you know, using all these hybrid techniques created it that way. So that's one of those curious thoughts that I've always had is like, does that tie in, you know, to Jurassic World in that sense? Yeah. That makes total sense. But really, they're all hybrids in a sense. It's just mm-hmm. how hybrid-y are they. Yeah. And that oh, one definitely. just might have been a little more hybrid than the yeah. rest. Yeah, I mean, they're all pieced together. Yeah. yeah, they're all pieced together with something. They're, they try to, you know, make them as realistic as I thought they were, you know, at the time, Yeah. I guess. But, you know, the, who knows? This this Spinosaurus could have been a failed attempt, and, and, it, and it just, like got out of control and you know they lost this, the island like that so i mean that's very that makes sense that's yeah i like to believe that but like i said that's part of your own canon that's you know mm-hmm. you create what you want and you make it work as long as it doesn't you know mess with anything that we've seen in the movies uh, i'm okay with making your own canon mm-hmm. um let's see the next one here is from Derek. uh this is about the mike Matasino interview and his his information his website uh jurassic time so he says, hey there, I listened to your recent podcast interview with Mike Mattesino. It was super uh, and was super impressed. It was well done, well produced. Uh, you were perfect at extracting as much information as, as him, well, I can't read right now, out of him as you could <laughs> and allowing him to essentially tell you his stories. To me, that's always difficult to do when you're interviewing someone. Um, I'll skip past the accolades. That's nice. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, it says... Uh, I was one of many who purchased and received the soundtrack collection, and apart from the missing teeth on the booklet, we need more teeth. Uh, the fact that, uh, and oh, sorry, and the fact that the back of mine got somehow damaged upon removal. I love this set. The music ex- itself was presented very well, and learning about what a complex ride it was to assemble and release it was fantastic to hear. Like you, I'm a huge fan of the Jurassic films and have been since I saw it when I was six years old at a local drive-in that once existed. <laughs> it's sort of like dinosaurs. They don't exist anymore, oh, do they? Um, they don't. And it says he's, it's sending him into nightmares and yet with the agitation to see it again. Now, um, I'm shocked to hear that I've never heard of the podcast. Um, I have been involved with the fan community for a very long time in various ways, but most, most noticeably with Trescom, the Lost World, Trespasser, PC game fan site. And I created that from Jurassic Time. It's a nifty little audio program that takes the John Hammond memoir material from the game as read by Richard Attenborough and presents it in a story narrative complete with music and effects. Check it out if you've never heard of it. Although there will be a fourth edition from scratch yet again of it eventually before the next film comes out. Thanks to us acquiring an alpha version of the game that features the voice recordings in much better quality. Um, he lists the website here. It's JurassicTime.com. Or, no, sorry, JurassicTime.Trescom.org. Sorry, I'll put the link in our show notes. Um, he also says... I have been teaming up here and there with the uh, the guys at Jurassic Outpost, giving them a scan last year I found, uh, let's see, of Michael Crichton's final draft screenplay he wrote for Jurassic Park. Let me tell you that there is something related that nobody knows coming out next year that will hopefully get people very interested and that I had uh, I should definitely have exclusivity to. 
In the meantime, I also won one of the Phil Tippett auctions from October and we'll cool. be getting it sometime next month. Yeah, and actually a lot of this stuff has been just released like in the past few weeks here. So it's, it's really cool to see this stuff coming out. Um, so he says he plans to share it with everybody as soon as he gets it. Um, blah, blah, blah. There's a few few other quotes here. Um, but he says he hopes to hear back from us with more fun discussion. And he's so happy to come across another big fan. So wow. thank you, Derek. That was that was awesome. Um, first off, yeah, the, the Mike Mattesino interview. Jen, did you get a chance to listen to that? I know there's so many episodes out there. Sometimes you don't get across uh, them all, but that one. No, I don't think I got that. Yeah, one. it's specific to uh, you know soundtrack listeners and, and people who love the scores and all that. So, you know, he reassembled those that collection, the John Williams collection from La La Land Records, and I, I talked with him in depth about like how he put that together because he worked basically hand in hand with like John Williams crew to get this this audio to get the 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 stuff from universal to to assemble everything and there was almost a point where some of these recordings were nearly falling apart on a shelf so he finally got everything he reassembled it it sounds amazing and it's more material than we've ever seen so it was really awesome to talk to him about that um that's amazing yeah okay that's amazing and then this 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 dude who's putting together all these john hammond voices and making a story oh my goodness yeah like, wow good for you holy yeah. crap like this the people in this fandom <laughs> that contribute like that and have their niche and their thing and whether it's in gaming or in that or the 3d modeling making like whatever it is or the guy who partnered with john williams i'm sure he was really into it just like we are so mm-hmm. wow good job guys yeah everyone i, who has I really part, enjoy like, it wow. jurassic wow. time is something that I've, I've checked out for a while I, I think I've even featured some of the audio here and there, uh, talked about it before, like slightly. Um, but yeah, it's such a great resource. And, you know, like I, uh, I said recently in the, uh, the impact episode that we did where you get to see John or nah, yeah, John Hammond for the last time, you know, in his speech at the end of the lost world, you actually get even more audio from this game. So it's like, it's a part of John, uh, man, what am I saying? I feel like I'm getting confused with all these names right now. It's a part of Hammond that you've like never heard before. So it's really cool to come across this stuff. Hear Richard Attenborough recording this this amazing audio, creating this narrative that you've never heard. And um, I don't know. I forget if any of it like kind of conflicts with Jurassic World or anything like that. But it, it's still really awesome to hear. And that's like like we were talking about with the canon before. Like this is something you could co- sort of take into your your canon you know, material there and, and kind of uh, put it in with the film. So it's really cool. And if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. JurassicTime.Trescom.org. Great website, great stuff. Um, and yeah, the That's last amazing. part, the last part that he mentioned was the, uh, like the scans from the Phil, uh, Phil Tippett auction. So mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff's been coming out recently. We're going to talk about that more in the future here. So uh, I'm talking with Derek again to uh, hopefully get him on here. So we'll, we'll talk about that pretty soon. I know we all wanted stuff from that auction. I know everyone was watching it for a while. And then it's like it came to a point of how much do you want that stuff? Like, I know. How much are you really willing to give up on that? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I think I skipped over a part. He says uh, we really all lucked out for once except for, you know, my checkbook. So <laughs> accurate. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you want that stuff. You're going to have to pay a, a hefty, you know, sum there to get it. So 
congrats to, to Derek here because he came across some really, really awesome stuff. You know, some alternate ending stuff, uh, you know, different scenes throughout the movie that, you know, could have existed. So he mentioned something. I don't know if that's different than the material here, but he does, he does say he has um, something that nobody really knows about coming this, I guess, this year. So hopefully... um. <laughs> Hopefully that's something really cool if it's not already any of this stuff that we've already seen. So I'm excited, but but definitely go check out his website um, because it's great. I love it. Wow. I love it. I love hearing stories from what people are doing. I, I never even heard of this, but it's cool. And all these different people are doing all these different things within the fandom and creating their projects and just everybody's doing something. It's really yeah. amazing. And it's funny because even he says, like, I'm shocked that I've yet to hear about this podcast. Yeah. So it's so funny that, you know, we're, we've been out here for a while. I think, you know, we're I don't know where this episode specifically is, but um, we're on our way to 100. We're, we're getting very close. So we've been doing this for a little while and other people have been, you know, have their own podcasts and their own fan sites and and uh you know everything like you said there's people customizing stuff Mm -hmm. uh it there's so many talented people artists everything um and it's we all kind of sometimes we just miss each other you know we don't always get to take in everything all at the same time and Mm -hmm. sometimes it gets to be an overload and you just kind of take a break and you miss stuff but it's really cool to kind of come come into contact with people like this. I mean, I love the collaboration, like how he said he's working with the Jurassic Outpost mm-hmm. folks. And I mean, th- anytime you have someone on your podcast in the fandom who's doing their thing or you go on their podcast or part of their project, it just the collaboration when everyone takes their specialty and then shares it with someone else who's doing their specialty and it just mixes into something great i love that that's that's a beautiful thing about fandom i think i mentioned that weeks like months ago on my one of my first times talking to you i was like that's what it is that's what this is about Mm -hmm. and i love seeing that i love the collaboration with everyone taking what they did and then sharing it and then like just that's what's wonderful i love that that's what i live for i love seeing that Speaking of all that, we've been like opening it up to more and more people recently because a lot of people want to get involved. And, and like I keep talking about week after week, it like it's o- almost overwhelming because so many people want to come on and talk with this, you know, talk about Jurassic with me. But honestly, like there's only so much time to talk about it. And, you know, you have life outside of podcasts and do other podcasts and, you know, so much recording going on. That uh, sometimes it's too much, but I've I've had so many awesome people reach out to do their own segments, and I, I keep you know compelling people to to reach out to me and say, look, I want I have a segment in mind, I want to do something. So recently, you know, we've had uh, Jay Jurassic doing Amber Finds for quite a while now, and uh, I actually have a few on backlog, so so they're going to come out soon, hopefully, and he's even expanding that segment because um, usually he, he just takes a look at you know the most or some of the coolest like pieces in his collection he's got a giant collection of of toys and and you know memorabilia all kinds of stuff so he takes the time and the energy to kind of sit down and like talk so lovingly about you know his stuff and the stuff from the franchise so that's a great segment he's actually expanding it to include um more collectors he's doing interviews with collectors and you know this stuff has nothing to do with me so it's like you do your own thing you interview your own people and it's Mm -hmm. it's a way to you know put that out there for other people so you know it's not my podcast like i've always said it's it's more and more people's every day 
And uh, so he's doing that. He's doing um, Amber Finds Hunters and Gatherers. So that's really cool. Um, we have we debuted Jurassic Pop Quiz recently, like I said earlier, with uh, Steve Hurl and, and James Hawkins. They they kind of invite people in to challenge them to uh, you know a bunch of some serious questions, but also some absurd, absurdly ridiculous questions that I absolutely love. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to that, but that one is so so funny. And they're 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 uh, a bunch of UK guys, so they've got uh, a certain perspective when it comes to this franchise and a, a certain sense of you know comedic timing. And I really love that about them. So that's like who would have thought like we're gonna have a pop quiz segment, you know? But right? they're doing it, and they're they're putting out some really hilarious stuff. So. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, we had the game trail. The game trail was Aaron mm-hmm. Beyer, uh, Chris, Cross from, uh, Chris from Criss Cross Media, and Jay Jurassic again, talking about uh, games. So they're going to do this re- reoccurringly. Like, they're going to have n- more and more games coming on this, this segment. So it's there's so much enthusiasm for all these different segments. Um, and I've helped produce them. I've helped, you know, kind of guide them at times. But... It's all on them, you know, to kind of do this. So this is kind of like a, you know, a call out. If anybody wants to do their own segment, contact us and send us something. Really, that's all it takes because I'm not I'm not really like turning anybody down. You know, I'm not saying, no, I don't think that's right. You know, I don't think that's good fit, but it's all up to everybody. You know, Jen, if you have a segment, you can have your own segment. Oh, cool. I don't so, know. <laughs> but anyway, just kind of like thank you, you know, from me to everybody. So you know it it takes some burden off me at times when i don't have an idea for the week and and somebody else does so it's help it's helpful and it could be anything from you know 10 minutes to an hour it doesn't matter you can make it as long as you want but i mean that's what it's all about here and you're you're doing such a good job with it you're just i mean look what you're doing you're in you're inspiring people to do their thing and you're you're saying like yeah you can do this it's okay you can put out your passion and what you do and display it and that's amazing that's good to have like a vehicle to do that no i'm not trying for to other like, people to come in i'm not trying to like say like oh i'm so great for letting everybody do this i'm just no, saying but like, you are though i mean look this wouldn't exist if you didn't make this podcast look how many people wouldn't be doing all these things yeah yeah i mean that's the thing i'm just i'm letting everybody have their own voice i guess so which is amazing that's all, that's all that i are that's that was the you know intention with the podcast you know i i was like all right let me just do this it'll be like 17 minutes every week <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah i kind of like i did that for a few weeks and then all of a sudden it's like an hour an hour and a half two hours two and a half hour like oh my god this is getting crazy but that's what i i wanted to do is open it up to everybody because i don't care about what i have to say to be honest <laughs> like nobody wants to hear me week after week so let's hear other people and what whatever you know what everybody else wants to say. That's why we're doing a listener feedback sex, uh, you know segment right now. So <laughs> right now, yeah, this is the point. But it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Enough about that. We've got awesome segments. Check them out and submit your own. But we do have a voicemail here. So uh, let me let me play this. Uh, I'm gonna cue it up because we had audio issues. We were trying to figure this out for a while, um, but. Uh, I sent it over to Jen so we can kind of listen to it at the same time. Uh, give me one second. Let me bring it up. Hey, Brad. How's it going, man? This is Justin Steele. I know it's been a while, but um, today um, I actually have two things I wanted to come to you about. First thing was the question that I had for the podcast, actually. Um, today I was watching Jurassic World, and I was watching the scene where um, 
Bryce Dallas Howard is talking to her sister, and her sister's crying because she's not hanging out with her children. And she references her mother. I think she says, um, saying you'll do something tomorrow is not as much worth as trying today. And it made me think, because never, they never talk about their mom except for that one time, could it be that Laura Dern's killer, uh, character, Dr. Statler, is their mother? Now, I know in Jurassic Park 3, it showed that she had a son. It didn't show any other children, but it showed she had a son. She's married, and I know that, if I remember correctly, Colin said this doesn't relate to 3. They kind of diss 3. They just It's right off from the first film. But do you think that possibly Dr. Sattler or Laura Dern's character is uh, the mother of Bryce Dallas Howard's character and her sister? This thought just kind of come to me today hearing that um, I, I could be off on this for the time difference, but I was just curious what you thought on that fact because I saw that today and it just kind of come to my mind. And also, um, I just got back and listened to your podcast. I've been off a while, but I heard that you said you're going on a trip to the exhibition and January 7th, and um, that sounds really awesome. I hope you have a good time, man. Sadly, I will not be able to come. I would really like to be able to come and meet up with you and the rest of the group, but um, sadly, I will not be able to uh, just because of time frame, but I will be, um, January 7th, I will be actually in New Orleans at uh, Wizard World Comic Con, so, and also during that time, I'm, I'm be really busy with some uh, Air Force stuff, so that's why I'm not able to come, but uh, I hope you have a good time, man. It sounds like it'll be a lot of fun, and um, yeah, that's all I just wanted to call you for, man, so I hope you have a blessed and awesome rest of your day, and um, yeah, let me all, man. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Awesome. Oh, that was nice, Yeah, and I hope he enjoyed Wizard World. That's awesome. Yeah, I love I love getting voicemails from him. Uh, he He's always really thoughtful about all the questions he's asking, and uh, so nice. Like, I love it. It's great. Yeah, and we, we missed him. We wish he could have came and I made know, it. I know, I know, yeah. the trek out. He's got some Air, Air Force stuff going on, so obviously stay safe out there, man. I don't know what you got going on, but that's really cool that you're doing that for, for everybody here, and uh, really appreciate that, obviously. Um, sure. that's That's more important than going out to an exhibition, to be honest. So, um, <laughs> But as far as this question goes, what do you think um, about his question about Ellie Sattler? Well, my mind kind of blew up when you said that, but I don't think that's even remotely possible. Even yeah. timing, I mean, that's not remotely possible. I don't even know if it was possible how I'd feel about I don't even like how I'd feel about that. I just, I don't like that. Look, now, now the only the only way it could be possible, which doesn't make any sense, this is me just going off on a whim. Say, for instance, I mean, we talked about this... Um, I don't know when this is releasing. We we talked. We did another episode, <laughs> so we talked about this in another episode. Whether you heard it already or not yet, um, we talked about um, uh, Doctor Grant and Ellie, and some of the issues they've had. Obviously, they're not together, right? So, what if in that time where they were together, they had two daughters? Does that sound weird, or is that you know, is that completely yeah. implausible? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm not. There's no context for it. You know, there's no reason to believe that, I don't think. Because then it makes me sad or even more sad when Jurassic 3 comes along and then she's married with two other kids. And it's like, wait, if, if that's true, if she already had two kids, like, no. And the yeah. timing is 
she would have had to have Claire and her sister, right? Mm-hmm. And this is like maybe in the 90s, like late 90s. Or I, I don't even know if that works, but time-wise. But And then a few years later, she I, maybe she gets divorced from Grant. I don't know. And then Grant shows up to their house and she's got a new husband and two more kids. Oh, my goodness. It just well, that would mean a little Claire impossible. has to be... And then have to be what twenty? Yeah, they it, it wouldn't really work, I don't think, unless they did have them, like, like literally, right? She had twins or something. I don't know, like right after the first movie. Even so, twenty two or something. Yeah, that yeah that that they'd be twenty five or whatever, right? Or twenty six or there. somewhere around. Yeah, there. when it came out, yeah. Um, so that doesn't exactly work, time wise. I don't think, right? No, I mean, I like the idea of Owen being that little kid, the little rapper yeah. kid. I can't on that. But this, no, I don't think this would work. Yeah, and that's the thing. You have to really jump through hoops to make it work. And that's like hiding things and not telling the viewer things and, you know, misdirecting everybody. So I don't think that's what's happening here. It would be, you know, nice thought, but I don't think that's what happened. I mean, not to totally squish the caller's dreams <laughs> thoughts there, but I mean, okay. If that were to happen and the timing worked out, how would I feel? Um, I don't know. I, just because Claire is so different than the other characters, I can't see how that would even... I, I won't have any feeling toward it. Like, if that came out as true and the timing worked out, I'd be like, well, that still doesn't make sense. The character doesn't make sense for that, mm-hmm. for to be the kid of them. Would, yeah, would, like, the daughter of two people or a person who was trapped on an island with dinosaurs end up running the theme park later on i don't think so right she wouldn't be she wouldn't i mean she wouldn't be businessy she'd probably be exploratory and even if she was like okay i don't want to be anything like my parents i want to do my own thing she wouldn't go back and run the park that nearly killed them yeah that would be like (laughs) like a complete diss to her parents be like I'm not listening to you guys at all. I'm going to do the complete opposite. I'm not going to pay any attention, and I'm going to go run a theme park now. It's like not only am I not going to be a scientist, I'm going to hate science and only worry about money, and then I'm going to run the park that nearly killed you. Yeah. She must really hate them. Yeah. Yeah. But she will father uh, follow after her father and not care for kids, right? I mean, that would work. But <laughs> That's the only – that's what we got, yeah. <laughs> You're jumping through hoops. That's the thing. And, I and- don't think it works. The red hair gene got lost somewhere. Oh, I yeah. Don't know. Well, sometimes that pops up out of nowhere. You never know. But <laughs> in this case, I'd have to say no. It's it's a nice thought, but um, it's almost like trying to make it too in-world, like too connected in a way. Like it would be cool to have some sort of father-daughter, you know, mother-daughter relationship here like that. But I don't know. I feel like it's Luckily like too enough. much. I don't, I mean, I love the idea of Owen being that little kid. I really do. I really love that idea. Because now he's a raptor trainer. Like, I love that idea. However, I don't, I don't want Claire related to anybody. No, or knowing them. I mean, know of them, of course, but not know them personally, never meeting them. I feel like if they do make cameos in the upcoming two movies, if they do at all, I don't want Claire to actually have talk to them or not have any other background than what we do on them really yeah I, it, I, I it makes like it more wouldn't. impactful like if she mm-hmm. doesn't actually know them but yet they have all these opinions of her kind of thing and she has ideas of them but it, it just gets it takes away from that if she 
is related or has worked with them or something. I don't want her associated in I, that way. Yeah, and we, we talk about what what is the opening of this next movie and where is it going to go. That would be really interesting to have them never have met or never have really talked before, but she obviously knows of their experience, what they went through. But to have them maybe commenting on the experience or the, the situation that happened on the island, talking about how, you know, imagine them saying like, whoever ran that park, the day-to-day, you know, facility there, you know, should be, you know, you know, tried yes, and, and should be in exactly jail. They're, you know, like they, yes. they're, they're kind of, you know, putting her down. And both I could see, yeah, I could, could see her like, ways. yeah, I could see her being like really upset about that and really cowering and feeling like that hurts, you know, a lot. Yes. Cause they don't, she, they don't know her perspective and what she did and she mm-hmm. doesn't know their perspective and what they did, but yet yeah. they know of each other and their story but they weren't there on either circumstance and they don't have any true connection. That is, I love that. That could be really interesting because it would, it would make us feel a certain way about the characters we already know. Like say for instance, you know, Ellie Grant and Malcolm are up there talking about this, this incident and saying like all kinds of bad things, making Claire feel bad, but not Mm -hmm. saying it to her. Just maybe she's watching it on TV and she's sitting alone in like an apartment, like kind of watching this by herself and just like gets really upset about it. I could see that, you know, talk about impactful moments. Like that could be an impactful moment for her. Because the audience knows both stories and, Mm -hmm. but they don't know each other's story just of what they heard. And that, that's a great, great plot point because as an audience, you'd really feel a lot on both sides and you'd think, well, who's right? Who's not? What is blah, blah. But yeah, keeping them not knowing each other. Brilliant do that yeah. come on Colin, yeah. do that it would make you choose a side it. you know too because you, yeah, you know a lot really of people good. feel for claire a lot of people love the originals so it it's it's a very tough you know like riding straddling a fence there you don't know yeah and they'd, they'd kind of be ignorant to each other because they don't know the other ones exactly what happened like the audience does oh that would yeah. be good i want that you, you get so. you get owen you know coming into the the apartment there and he's like don't listen to them you know, like, don't listen to what they have to say. They don't matter. And he's like, yeah, when I was a kid, he traumatized me. <laughs> yeah, that kid was slashing my belly with a, with a raptor claw. Like, and look where I am now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could work. I think we're onto something. So Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. really excited to see. I hope, I don't want to get, like, overhyped, but I hope something like that's in there. I don't know. Yeah, that's the problem. You, you come up with all these theories and you know plots and I, maybe that's what a lot of people had an issue with Jurassic World is like they kind of hyped it up maybe too much or, or compared it too much to Jurassic Park and it didn't satisfy that craving but yeah we got to be careful when we're when we're treading around what happens next because we don't want to you know you know, lo- you know lose hope in what we're going to see you know yeah yeah I, I like to stay spoiler free on everything like I've been saying but when I'm doing this this bright stuff, like with Pete's Dragon, I, I practically saw the whole movie before I saw the movie, and <laughs> yeah. then I filled in, I filled in the blanks um, of what I didn't see, and then when I saw the movie, I'm like, those aren't the blanks I filled in. What, what the heck? And same with Gold, I did the exact same thing. I probably saw the movie before seeing it, and then I filled in all these blanks, and then I went to see it. I'm like, wait, those aren't the blanks I filled in. This is crap. And then I saw it again without thinking that, and I was like, oh, okay, it's not crap. But they're not my blanks that. Usually they're not going to be. And so when we see this, that's probably what happened with Jurassic World. I did not have any, I didn't fill in any blanks. I didn't know anything, so it was fine. But probably for a lot of people, they saw a lot of it before seeing it and then fill in the blanks. And they're like, 
what? That's not my blanks. Yeah. Maybe sucks like that kind of thing. Exactly. I think that's the problem. Too much comparison, too much overhyping. And uh, I, I don't know, like stuff like that just kind of, you know, it deters you from liking stuff, whether it's a movie or an album or anything. Yeah. I mean, I understand it because I, I get what they're what they're saying. I guess sometimes you just have to take a step back and appreciate what it is and not let your own blanks cloud your judgment, which is easier said than done because mm-hmm. your instincts just go where they want and you can't really stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that's it for emails and voicemails. I do have one thing that just came through here actually on Facebook. Um, this is from Nathan. He says, Hi, Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm a new fan of the podcast. I'm from the UK and a big fan of the Jurassic Saga. I'm excited for the next films and toys by Mattel. And just like every JP fan, I'm always hoping for a Jurassic animated series. Hopefully, life will find a way. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. I, I kind of agree with every one of those things. I would love to see an animated series. And look, I am so looking forward to these toys from Mattel. We got a while still before we see anything. But, yeah, I am so excited. I'm tired of this Jurassic World cycle of Hasbro garbage, you know. Hmm. It, it's been so bad. And I, I hope, you know, hope upon hope that this is going to be good. We don't know, but let's hope. It can't really get much worse. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I guess that's very true, right? I mean, the thing is, like, I still buy it at times. You know, I just came across, uh, you know, a lot of people have been saying, you know, go to Five Below. They've got a lot of leftover stuff. And mine hadn't had anything for a while. But this past time, I I went there and I got the um, Pachycephalosaurus. And um, it's terrible. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. But I got it. It was five bucks. And, you know, it needs a repaint. Uh, you know, Ted Brothers out there, he's got an awesome repaint. He uh, has instructions on how to do it. He's got videos and stuff. He can, I think he's going to give me the list of stuff that he used. So I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to repaint it myself. I've never done that before. So hopefully it works out. I don't know. But I'm not too, you know, upset about messing it up if that's the case because it's not that great to begin with. I mean, you can so. always go back to five below and get another one. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I could just easily do that. It's not a big deal if, if I mess it up or anything. So that's the thing. I, I hope the next line is, is stuff that we don't feel the need to repaint or, you know, do any of that stuff. I hope it's accurate. I hope it's retro in a way and, and full of, you know, you know, new life, I guess, for the, for mm-hmm. the toys. Yeah, I mean, the future is bright. It's not Star Wars bright, but it is pretty bright. We have two movies, Mattel, like, there's stuff. Stuff hopefully will be coming. We had the Lego, which was cool, so it's going. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Optimistic. Yeah, that's it's an optimistic future. That's that's all we got. I mean, it's better than what we've had the last how many years, so. Yeah. We've had more the last year than we've had in 15 or whatever. Yeah. And that's the thing. you got to get it, you know, because if you don't get it now, it's going to be 10 times the price later on. And that's just, you know, a fact of, of our age right now where toys are going for so much more, you know, in the secondary market than they are, you know, in Target or, you know, Walmart or Kmart or anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even though it's not the best stuff in the world, pick it up because – you're gonna miss it. You're gonna miss it. You're gonna feel bad you didn't get it. Yeah, especially if it's a five below. Jeez, get yeah. twenty. 
and then sell them 20 years <laughs> I know, later. right? Yeah. <laughs> Invest. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all we have here um, for the listener segment this week. Um, thank you so much for, for coming on and kind of dissecting each one of these. And it is fun, you know, to, to go through these without having any idea what to expect. Yeah, I love the listener segment. I love hearing the first couple lines of the email and like, oh, we're going in this direction. And <laughs> it's cool. I like it. I love the listener segment. I love yeah. the feedback. I love these. I think yeah. I did another feedback episode with you and I, I, I really so. like these. These are fun. Yeah, if it would be even better if I didn't suck so much at reading them. You know, like that's, you know, I got to get better at that somehow. You know, you'd <laughs> you think after this many episodes reading. I could actually read. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh where can people find you just in case they want to check out your work um you could find me on twitter at jennifer underscore lynn 89 i had to think about that <laughs> um and and also uh the bryce dallas howard network which is a giant empire yes. now so you could go there and we have all kind of fun bryce things and bryce interactions and stuff and that's at bdh network on twitter and instagram and on the website bricedallashoward.co and we're going to be changing our domain soon. Ooh. But I'm not saying what. But we are. <laughs> okay. So there's that. Being cryptic. You're being cryptic. I know. We'll find out, so, though. Oh, it's fun. It's fun. So lots of fun things hopefully coming up on that, on the whole thing. Awesome. Eventually. Yeah. Can't wait to see. Lots of work, though. Lots of work, dude. Lots of work. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll get to it. Well, let's, let's head out of here. Go get to work and uh, finish up that website. Come on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> Stressed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Oh, hear fire. Do not fire. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. Boy, my head being right all the time. We're going to have to drop the can. Are you ready? One, two, three. We've got a lot of great audio for you this week in the uh, audio segment. We need a new name for this thing. Audio segment. That's really boring. Uh, You know, why why don't you guys send in some ideas for names for our audio segment? Something cool. Something catchy. Uh, Anyway, first off, we have a video from the conclusion of Josh Gad's interrogation of Daisy Ridley about her role in the upcoming Star Wars film. We get to hear from a few fellow Jurassic stars. Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and the director, Colin Trevorrow. Let's check it out. I just wanted to apologize for everything that has happened over the past Please don't tell you what's happening this time. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I took you out of my trailer okay. to my place. Come on in. Okay. I have no more questions. Okay. I have no more questions. Okay. They do. How many musical numbers are there? Anything you could tell us would be helpful. I'm in Guardians of the Galaxy. Do the heels of your boots ever get stuck in the grates of the Millennium Falcon? Uh, Jurassic World opens June 2018. Yo quiero saber cuál es el tamaño real del líder supremo, Snook. El líder de the, the First Order. I have a question also. What is the actual size of Supreme Leader Snook, leader of the First Order? Eso es lo que le acabo de preguntar. Actually, I, I can answer that. Uh, I'm in the Avengers. Are we going to find out any more of uh, the identities of the Stormtroopers? Does Luke finally get to say any lines in Episode 8? Please tell me, Daisy. So that was completely unexpected to hear from Colin, Bryce, and Chris, but the likes of J.J. Abrams and uh, obviously so many more. We've seen this series grow from the first one a few weeks back and then another one 
but we didn't expect all these people to be in the same room at the same time. It's just incredible. Uh, from the clip, it sort of sounds like Bryce has never maybe seen a Star Wars film. And uh, Chris himself is kind of reverting back to his days as Andy Dwyer, just repeating what movies he's going to be in recently or coming up. And it's, uh, it's certainly awesome to see the crew together and know that they're all together again filming for the next film. Head to our show notes to see the video. Next up, we have part one of two Loot Crate gags that have been flying around the internet the past few days. As part of an upcoming crate they are releasing, there's going to be a Jurassic World item included. So they are using the franchise as potential marketing uh, for their boxes here. First off, we have a voicemail line that sounds like Ian Malcolm himself giving a little PSA on dinosaur conservation. Let's take a listen. You have reached the primal foundation, i.e. the prehistoric rights in maintaining animal life foundation. Uh, we'd like to thank you for your help. Uh, leave a message after the beep, and uh, I'm not going to get back to you. I'm busy, very busy schedule. But hey, uh, some of the operators at the park, if uh, they're still alive, maybe they will call you back. And sign up to donate $5,000 a month or more uh, to help these uh, incredibly dangerous dinosaurs. we got to save them. Uh, all of these dinosaurs, they can uh, remove your spine from your body with the flick of the wrist. But uh, you know what they say, God created dinosaurs, uh, God destroys dinosaurs, God creates man, man creates dinosaurs, and man can't figure out how to pay for them. So uh, please help, please help, we need your help. Uh, their fate and ours is uh, in your hands. Uh, oh, and uh, don't forget to sign up for Loot Crate's primal themed crate at www.lootcrate.com. And they use the keyword save dino. One word, S-A-V-E-D-I-N-O, to save a little money. You're welcome. <laughs> Wow, amazing. Just amazing. That sounds just like him, doesn't it? I mean, I have good intel that it's actually Piot Michael, an actor and impressionist who does a spot on Jeff Goldblum. But let's face it, Loot Crate isn't really paying Jeff Goldblum type money for him to come down, record some lines for a few minutes. So why not get the next best option? Sounds so great. Go ahead, give the number a call, 1-844-997-997. 7462 to hear from a pretty upbeat Ian Malcolm. Lastly, we have a great infomercial from Lisa Loeb with a cameo from Gray Mitchell, all grown up and certainly still perturbed by what happened on the island. Let's hear it. They are hungry. They are afraid. They need our help. Hello, I'm Lisa Loeb, and I'm here to talk with you about dinosaurs. These majestic souls were abandoned after a certain theme park went out of business. Born in a laboratory and raised in an amusement park, only to have their home torn apart when some of them got loose and ate a bunch of people. Hello, I'm Dr. Cicely Tyson, and you may be asking yourself, how did one of these dinosaurs get loose? Well, we altered its DNA so that it had the ability to turn invisible. An invisible dinosaur? That's amazing. That's what we thought. At first. These gentle creatures didn't ask to be born. They were created for our entertainment. And now it's time for us to give back. 
Some of these dinosaurs were created right here in this lab. Have you ever seen a baby velociraptor up close? Is it adorable? It ain't my boss. Is that adorable? Now, folks, I know what you're thinking. I'm not Lisa Loeb. I'm just a regular, boring person. I'm nobody. How can I make a difference? Well, now you can. For a measly $5,000 a week, you can help save a dinosaur. That's so reasonable. But how does their donation help? Well, if you donate now, your money will go to building higher walls, hiring new guards, buying food for these beautiful creatures, and purchasing lots and lots of high-voltage tasers. Ah! Hold on! Get back! Get back! Down! Stay! Everybody! Settle! My brother and I were there when, when it happened. Some guy would get bitten in half by a dinosaur right in front of me. I mean, you don't forget a thing like that. I am proud to be a part of a charity that brings money to families ripped apart by dinosaurs. Actually, we're uh, saving dinosaurs. Wait, wait. You, you want to say? You want to? What do you mean you want to save dinosaurs? What is this? What? Why would you want to do that? Don't donate. Donate now, and we will send you a complimentary dinosaur bone. Fun fact. That is actually a human bone that was found inside of a dinosaur. Not really a dinosaur bone. Look at this beautiful Tyrannosaurus Rex. He is an innocent soul. The park is currently closed, but please open your heart and your wallet for this incredibly important cause. These eggs are hatching every day and we have to feed these dinosaurs something. Or someone. Please give. Let's stop these gentle giants from going extinct again. Yes, uh, call 1-844-99-PRIMAL. Uh, their fate and uh, ours is uh, in, in your hands, uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, he definitely isn't supporting this cause. I'm pretty positive of that. It's uh, awesome to hear him in this video, see him in the video, as they're kind of going with a little bit of Jurassic canon and continuing his story. So, like I chatted about with Jack Ewins last week, will you be considering this short canon? Hey, why not? Head to our show notes, check out the fun video, and find out more from Loot Crate. Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast, and of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 88th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a huge thanks to Jen for joining me to go over all the listener feedback. Keep them coming, and we'll certainly do this again soon. I'm going to try to do this a little bit more consistently because I've been getting more and more emails and voicemails constantly. So sorry again if I didn't cover yours today uh, because this show is all about you guys. Again, don't forget to check out Jack Ewan's YouTube channel for a commentary on Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in black and white. 
right. We had a blast, so if you enjoy that movie or you hate it, I think you'll be able to take something away from it. Don't forget about the promo code that we're running with the Franklin Institute for Jurassic World The Exhibition. Enter the code JWGENER for $5 off daytime adult admission tickets. Head to our website for a direct link and for more information on the promo code. Don't forget to share that code with your friends and family. Tell them where you got it and let us know when you use it. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast. And our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you can submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.